9. It isn't painful. Morphing, I mean. I petted Homer for a while, feeling like a complete and total fool. This is the stupidest thing I've ever done, I told Tobias. Look, you have to concentrate. At least I did. I mean, I formed this mental picture of dude, right? I thought about becoming him. I see. So I have to, like, meditate on becoming a dog. That's right, you have to think about it. You have to want it. Normally I would have figured he was nuts, but I had just seen him turn into a cat. So if he was nuts, so was I. I thought about becoming Homer. As I stroked his fur, I formed a picture in my mind of me becoming Homer. Homer became weirdly quiet while I did it. Like he was asleep, only his eyes were open. Just like dude, Tobias commented. I think the process kind of puts the animal into a trance or something. He's just scared because he thinks his master is Looney Tunes. I continued stroking Homer's fur and concentrating, and Homer continued to lie very still. Okay, now what? I asked Tobias. Now we better put Homer outside. He might get slightly freaked out by watching you turn into him. It took Homer about 10 seconds to come out of his trance, but then he jumped up. Normal, hyperactive Homer again. I put him outside in the yard. Tobias was sitting patiently when I got back, just waiting. Give it a try, he urged me. Think about it. Want it. I took a deep breath. I closed my eyes. I recalled the picture of Homer I'd formed in my mind. I thought about becoming Homer. I opened my eyes. Bow wow, I said laughing. Guess it didn't work for me, Tobias. The back of my hand itched, and I scratched it. Jake? Tobias said. What? Look at your hand. I looked at my hand. It was covered in orange fur. I jumped about a foot straight up in the air. Oh, oh! I stared at my hand. The fur stopped growing. Don't be scared, Tobias advised. Go with it. Now you've stopped the morph. You have to concentrate. My hand, I said. Fur! Yeah, and your ears, Tobias said. I ran over to the mirror by my dresser. My ears had moved. They had slid up the side of my head and were definitely larger than they should be. Go on, it's so cool, Tobias said. Cool, it's... it's creepy, it's weird, it's... I mean, look at my hands, I have fur! You have to do this, Tobias said. I don't have to do anything, I said sullenly. Tobias nodded. Okay, you're right, you don't have to do this. You can just forget what we saw last night and forget what we know. And the Yurks can take over more and more people, you can just ignore it. We can all just go along and grow up in a world where human beings are nothing but bodies to be used by murdering aliens. Okay, when he put it that way, it didn't sound like a great option. Come on, Tobias urged. I swallowed hard. I closed my eyes. I thought of Homer. Of being Homer. And when I opened my eyes, there was fur growing on my arms, and fur growing out of my face, and fur curling up from under my collar. My legs itched and I realized there was fur growing there too. My bones, well... They didn't hurt exactly, but they did feel very strange. You know when you go to the dentist and he gives you Novocaine so the drill doesn't really hurt, but you know it should hurt? I guess that's what it's like. My bone shortened. I could feel my backbone stretching as it extended out into a tail. There was a scraping sound as my knees suddenly reversed direction. I toppled forward, no longer able to walk upright. When my hands hit the floor, they weren't exactly hands anymore. The fingers were gone. All that was left were short, stubby nails. My face bulged out. My eyes drew closer together. Tobias got up and tilted the mirror down so I could see myself. I watched the final transformation as the last patches of my pink human flesh disappeared, and the tail, my tail, sprouted to its full length. I was a dog. It was insane, but just the same, I was a dog. I knew I should be scared by all of this, only I wasn't. I was ecstatic. I was giddy. 
I was thrilled. Happiness washed over me. Happiness filled me up. I breathed in through my ridiculously long nose and wow, wow, the smells, oh man, you have no idea. I breathed in and right away I knew my mom was toasting a waffle in the kitchen. And I knew Tobias had walked through the territory of a big male dog. And I knew things I couldn't even explain in human words. It was like being blind all your life and then suddenly you can see. I ran over to Tobias and sniffed his shoe. I wanted a better idea of who that big male dog was. From the scent of his urine picked up by Tobias' shoe, I got a sort of picture of him. See, Homer knew him. His owners called him Streak. He was neutered, like me. He spent most of his time in his yard, but he broke out sometimes by digging under his fence. He got a mix of canned and dry food, Perina. No table scraps, unlike me. All this information made me happy all over again, and I had to wag my tail. I looked up at Tobias. He looked tall and strange, and not very colorful. I wasn't all that interested in looking at stuff. Smelling things was way better. Intruder! There was a noise in the yard. A dog! An unknown dog in my yard. An intruder! I ran to the window and perched against it and cut loose. I barked as loud as I could. No way some unknown dog was just going to walk through my yard. Jake, get a grip, Tobias said. That's Homer out there. Homer? What? But I was... I tucked my tail between my legs. What was going on? Jake, listen to me, Tobias said. It's just like what happened to me when I morphed into a cat. The dog brain is part of your brain now. You have to deal with it. But there's a dog in my yard. That's Homer, Jake. You are Jake. You're just in the body copied from Homer's DNA. That's the real Homer out there. You put him out there. Focus. You are Jake. Jake. I took several deep breaths. The smells. Oh boy, there's this one smell I couldn't quite... Focus, Jake, I ordered myself. Focus. Slowly, I calmed the dog part of my mind. Let go of the smells. Let go of the sound of the dog in your yard. It wasn't easy that first time. Being a dog is so completely amazing. For one thing, there's nothing halfway about it. You're never sort of happy. You're happy. And you're never sort of bummed. You're totally, completely bummed. And boy, when you get hungry in dog form, you are nuts on the subject of food. There was a knock on my bedroom door. Yes, my bedroom door. I knew who I was again. I was Jake. Jake with four legs, a tail, and a snout. But Jake. The knocking seemed incredibly loud to my dog ears. Jake, you got Homer in there with you? My brother Tom's voice. Mom's on the phone. Tell him to stop yapping. He opened the door and stepped in. He looked around, confused. Who are you? he demanded of Tobias. I'm Tobias. I'm Jake's friend. Well, where is he? Oh, he's around, Tobias said. Tom looked down at me. There was a strange smell about him. My dog brain couldn't quite identify it. It was an unsettling, dangerous smell. And somehow, in my own mind, I heard the echo of a laugh. A very human laugh I had heard the night before as Mr. Three swallowed the Andalite hole. Bad dog, Tom said to me. You keep quiet. Bad dog and he left. I was devastated. I wasn't a bad dog. Not really. I was just barking because some other dog was in my yard. Bad dog? I was a bad dog? No, I wanted to be a good dog. I crept into the corner, utterly miserable. Tobias knelt down and patted my head. When he scratched me behind the ears, I felt a little better. Chapter 10 I called all the others on the phone after I got done morphing back into my normal body. Tobias took off on his own, saying he'd hook up with us later at Cassie's farm. I was on the kitchen phone with Cassie when Tom came in. Oh, there you are, he said. 
I covered the mouthpiece. Yeah, Tobias said you were looking for me before. I just wanted you to shut your dog up, Tom said. He turned his chair around backward and straddled it. I hesitated. For some reason, I didn't want to talk to Cassie with Tom listening in. I'll see you in a couple hours, okay? I told Cassie and hung up. I looked over at Tom. He's bigger than me, even though I'm not exactly small. His hair is darker, almost black, while mine is brown. I had always trusted him. He wasn't like a lot of guys who pound on their younger brother. We were always kind of close. At least, until the last year or so. Somehow, we just weren't spending as much time together. Partly, it was that he was involved with this club called The Sharing. They did all this stuff together, so he was busy a lot of the time. The thing is, Tom should have been the very first person I told about all the stuff that had happened. But as I was sitting there, watching him munch his toast, I just had this feeling. This feeling that said, no, this has to be a secret, even from Tom. Instead, I told him the other thing I was afraid to tell him. I, uh, I didn't make the team, I said. What team? he asked. He looked puzzled. What team? The basketball team. Your old team. Oh, too bad, he said. Too bad, I repeated. I could not believe how little he seemed to care. It's just sports, he said. He munched another big bite of toast. Just sports? I couldn't stop repeating what he said. Tom, saying sports were no big deal? No way. He lived for sports. Yeah, I guess I just don't have your total skill. He shrugged. Well, I quit the team anyway, a couple of days ago. I practically fell out of my chair. You quit? You quit the team? And you didn't even talk to me about it? What's the deal? I didn't say anything because I knew you and Dad would make a big thing out of it. Look, there are more important things than throwing balls through hoops, he said. He had this mysterious look in his eyes. I figured he meant girls were the more important thing. Besides, he added, we do much cooler stuff at the sharing. Maybe you should join up. I was stunned. Obviously, Tom and I were further apart than I had realized. When we were done talking, I headed outside to mow the lawn. I mow the lawn every Saturday. It's my major chore. That and taking out the trash, which I hate because we have to do all this recycling stuff. When I was finally done mowing and trimming and raking, I hopped on my bike and took off. I had an arrangement with everyone to hook up at Cassie's farm. It isn't exactly a normal farm, although it had been in the old days, and they still do have horses and a cow, but now the big red main barn is the Wildlife Rehabilitation Clinic. Cassie's father runs it. They take in any kind of injured animal except pet-type animals. There are always lots of birds, along with squirrels and deer and skunk and so on. Sometimes they get a bobcat or a fox or even a wolf. Cassie's mom is a vet too, but she works at the gardens. That's this huge amusement park that's also a zoo, or I guess they call it a wildlife park. Luckily, Cassie really loves animals. It would have been hard having her parents if she didn't really love animals. Me? I have a dog. Tobias has a cat. Cassie has everything from porcupines to polar bears. By the time I got there, Marco, Tobias, and Rachel were already waiting outside the barn. Rachel had her face turned up to catch the tanning rays of the sun. Cassie wasn't there yet. I figured she was doing chores. She had a lot of work to do around here. Hey guys, I said. Rachel opened her eyes and immediately thrust a newspaper at me. Look, she said, pointing to an article. I started to read the article. It wasn't very long. It said the police claimed there had been a disturbance in the construction site the night before. It said several people had called, claiming they'd seen a flying saucer landing there, followed by bright lights. 
Cool, I said, looking up. So the cops know about it now. That's a relief. Keep reading, Rachel said. The article went on to say the police had arrived on the scene and found a group of teenagers playing with fireworks. The teenagers had run away. Fireworks were discovered at the scene. The police spokesman had laughed at the reports of flying saucers. It's just a bunch of kids playing where they shouldn't have been, he said. There were definitely no flying saucers. People shouldn't be so quick to believe nonsense. But that's a total lie, I said. Ding, ding, ding. Correct answer. Johnny, tell our contestant what he's won, Marco said. Did you see the last part? Rachel pressed. I read the last sentence. It froze me up good, I can tell you. Police were offering a reward for information on the teenagers. They're looking for us, Marco said. Why would the police be... I mean, why would they lie? I wondered aloud. But the answer was pretty obvious. Marco laughed his sardonic laugh. <laughs> Let's see, Captain Brilliant. Would it be because the cops are controllers? Probably not all the cops, Tobias pointed out. If the police have been infiltrated by controllers, who knows how many others have too, Rachel asked. Teachers? People in the government? Newspaper and TV? Math teachers for sure, Marco joked. We all looked around nervously, like we expected to find ourselves surrounded by controllers. I tried to tell myself it was all a dream, Rachel said. Been there, I said. For a while, no one said anything. We all felt the same terrible feeling, like we were all alone. Like suddenly we were dealing with stuff that was way, way, way over our heads. Marco spoke first. Look, why do we have to deal with this? I say we just forget it. We never talk about it. We never morph. We just deal with our own lives. Tobias and Rachel both looked at me. They were waiting for me to argue with Marco. Marco, I halfway agree with you, I started to say. Suddenly, Marco just went ballistic. We could get killed, he yelled. Don't you get it? You saw what happened to the Andalite. I mean, this is radical stuff, Jake. This is for real. Real. We could all get killed. Tobias was looking at Marco with this sideways look, like he thought maybe Marco was some kind of coward. I knew better. Marco had his reasons. Marco shook his head. In a quiet voice, he said, Look, I think these controllers are jerks, but if something happened to me, my dad, he wouldn't be able to handle it. Two years ago, Marco's mom died. She drowned. They never even found the body. Marco's dad lost it big time. He totally fell apart. He quit his job as an industrial engineer because he couldn't handle being around other people. Now he was just working as a night janitor, making barely enough to support Marco. He spent his days sleeping or watching TV with the sound off. You can all think I'm a weasel if you want, Marco said. I don't care. But if I get killed or something, my dad will flat out die. He's only hanging in there because of me. I wondered if I should go pat him on the back or something. But if I had, Marco, being Marco, would have just said something sarcastic. There's Cassie, Rachel said, shielding her eyes and looking off across the open field. A horse, galloping across the green. Its black mane was flying in a warm breeze. I didn't see any rider. The horse slowed, trotting closer, and suddenly, I had a strange feeling about the horse. Cassie and I have been here for a while, Rachel said by way of explanation. She's really good at this. Look how fast she can do it. The horse nickered softly. Then the animal began to melt. The big brown eyes became slightly smaller. The long muzzle became a human mouth. A thing that was part horse and part Cassie smiled at us with big horse teeth and said, Hey kids! Markle suddenly sat down, very hard. He had never seen morphing. It's cool, I said, trying to sound very relaxed. It's just Cassie. I decided I'd better be a gentleman and look away. 
After all, when Tobias and I had morphed, we'd kind of morphed right out of our clothes. But I noticed that as Cassie emerged from the horse, she was wearing a skin-tight blue outfit. One of those outfits girls wear to do aerobics. I watched and saw something beautiful happen. For just a few seconds, she stayed half horse and half human. She reminded me of the Andalite. I realized it was deliberate. Cassie was controlling the way she morphed. Jeez, Rachel, I said. You're right, Cassie is good. Suddenly, we heard the sound of tires on gravel. We spun around. Down the gravel and dirt road came a single black and white car. The cops! Tobias cried. Hi everyone! Against all odds, we've made it through another episode. Hope everyone's having a good time. If you have any feedback or you just want to talk to me, you can reach me at audiomorphscast at gmail.com or audiomorphscast.tumblr.com You can find more of this podcast at soundcloud.com slash audiomorphscast Well, that's all I really have for you this week, so I will just see you next time. Stay